The views and opinions expressed by contributors on the Spoon River Gothic podcast are their own and do not necessarily reflect the position of the host. Material heard on the Spoon River Gothic podcast is intended for adult listeners. This podcast deals with mature topics that may not be suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. This is Spoon River Gothic, narrative of a double homicide. How are you doing today? I am doing good. <laughs> I just picked up my niece with my mom. <laughs> oh, okay. Is it okay if I record our call? Uh, yes, that's fine. So uh, August, who is the executive producer of the project, had asked me to reach out to you because I think you were talking to him on Facebook. Yes, I made a comment on uh, one of the posts Yeah, about Rochelle. Uh, making the comments, uh, essentially that the girl deserved it. Oh, yeah. Asked for it, yeah. That was pretty brutal. Um, so, I think you said your mom knew, uh, lived across the street from Donnie? She did. She's right here. Hi, Marie, Hi. right? Yes. So, what do you remember about Donnie? Well, actually, I was really surprised to hear that he'd done them things, because we spent a lot of time drinking and hanging out. My sister actually dated him for a while, and I don't recall. I mean, I never seen him, like, get angry or, you know, have any. To sit and talk to him, you would have no idea that he had done some of the things he had done. Yeah. You know, he just did not. Yeah, it was very surprising. So where did you live across the street from him? Was it when he lived with Rochelle? No, um, he, I believe, and I couldn't swear to this, I think it was after he got released from prison for um, the rape on Donna, his sister-in-law. He lived um, across the street from me with a man named Ron Henderson on oh. North End. So did you know about it then, like after he had gotten out and he was living across the street from you? I did not know that he was, no, I did not know that. I know, I've heard mixed things about Donnie. I've heard him described as a perfect gentleman, you know, that he, people were really surprised. And then there's another side of Canton that seems to not be surprised by it. They're sure that he did it. Do you, do you think that he did, um, the murders? I would say what I know about him and his past and the rape that he did before the murder. Yeah. Or, well, I guess it was after the murder when he raped, uh, I think her name was Valerie. Yeah. Did her souls and all that stuff. So, yeah, I kind of think he, you know, he, he may have done it. I'm kind of leaning towards he did, but okay. to know him, I mean, and I didn't know him, you know, for a long extended period of time. I think he might have lived across the street at three, four months, possibly. I would have not have thought in thought that he did that but I do know when my sister was seeing him mm -hmm. there 
came. I don't know if it's when she said she didn't want to see him anymore or exactly what happened, but I do know he grabbed her and he grabbed her and um, broke her necklace. So I do know there was an incident like that that happened. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, but I'm not sure. It's been so many years ago. I don't remember all the details to it. Mm-hmm. Did you follow the, the trial? Um, you know, I probably did back then, but it's been so many years, I can't remember all the things. I know a lot of the people, you know, I know Iona and Mike Price and um, Dave, and I know Rochelle, but, you know, I don't. So did you know David Haynes? I did not know David Haynes. Oh, okay. I knew David um, now, Dave now, who he was with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did know Dave. And Mike Price and Iona, and I do recall around that time, you know, that he did work for Wright Furniture and was, you know, delivering. So he definitely would have had access to, you know, her place. But whether he did it or not, I mean, I kind of lean towards he did. But then when I was reading some of the other stuff, I'm kind of like, well, I don't know. Maybe there were other people that did do it. But, but yeah, I mean, as far as he, you know, he had gave, given me a ride one night from Canton to Havana, and he never, he didn't do anything to me, but I did get a weird feeling because when we are, it, this was late at night, and my husband had called because he was stranded in Havana, and at the time, we had a diesel vehicle. Well, back then, they didn't sell diesel at any gas station but Usco, and they closed at 10. And so I was like, well, I can't come get you because I don't have gas. Well, then later on, Donnie said, you know, well, I'll give you a ride down there. I know right where he's at. Well, when we got down there, he did not know where the place was that we were going to at all. But on the way back, I just had a weird feeling, you know, just a, just a feeling. He started going down all these gravel roads and wanting me to drink. And I was just like, you know, that feeling, like, I just want to get out of this situation. It was just yeah. weird. But he... He never did anything to me or said anything to me. To, it was just a weird feeling. I was like, yeah, I don't think I'll be getting in the car with him anymore. Yeah. I've heard a couple of those stories. Yeah. Um, just just a weird, weird feeling. You know, something just wasn't right. I mean, yeah. you know, like, why are we going down these country roads? He kept wanting me to drink a beer. Mm-hmm. And I pretended to drink it, but... I, I really, I wasn't drinking. I was just kind of like scared and weird. And I was like, yeah. Were you picking your husband up? Was he in the car? Well, that was the thing when we got down there. Donnie had no idea. He said he knew where my husband was because he was at a bar down there. I think it was a paddle wagon or something. I had not been to Havana. I had no idea where it was. When we got down there, Donnie said he knew where it was. But when we got there, he had no idea where it was either. Ooh. So oh, we okay. did not end up picking my husband up. We turned around and came right back to camp. I just thought I'd try. Oh, wow. Okay. On the way back, we went down several dirt roads, and he kept wanting me to, like, drink. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm not. I was just wanting to get out of that situation, but, you know, it was night, and I'm in the middle of nowhere. And yeah, so you, like may that, have, you may have dodged a bullet. Right, yes. I think about that a lot. I'm like, yeah, I may have been a lucky person because I do believe you know I mean well I know he raped that Mallory for sure and I had heard I remember after I think that's her name Valerie oh Valerie yeah yeah 
he gave a ride from Josie's, and then he ended up taking her to the like, park and raping her, biting her boobs. And anyway, after that, I do recall hearing several girls like came forward and said he had done, you know, stuff to them. And it seems like to me it was like the Farmington area, but I don't recall any of their names or you know anything like that. Well, I know I agree with you. He was definitely a rapist. There is no question in my mind about that. Um, I'm going to be talking to a defense attorney who had submitted a the clemency petition, he, but he uh, um, posted it post-mortem, so after Donnie died. And so, you know, I guess for me, not that you asked, but there's there is some compelling evidence that says that he potentially didn't do it. And that's not to say that he didn't deserve to be in jail for the rest of his life, but I always have that question, did somebody else get away with murder? You know, like the stuff about Dave Haynes and um, her ex-husband and different people. I don't really recall that being, at least I didn't hear about it. You know, yeah. like I don't think it was a big, like, I don't think they took that serious. I mean, I think they just honed in on him and that's kind of where it went. Yeah, yeah. Well, they did take it serious because there is a lot of uh, supporting court records and police reports and interviews and and things like that but that's not what inevitably once they focused in on donnie that was it that was what was probably presented period right yeah right i think they honed in on him for sure and that's just kind of where it went yeah but you know i don't know they did have you know evidence like her ring and yeah, Rochelle's, you know, so. Yeah, but see, the thing about the ring is that the, um, so the defense attorney that I'm going to be talking to, there was evidence that that was not and could not be identified as the ring. Even though that's kind of how it came out in the media, there was new evidence. Mm. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying he didn't do it. That's not what I'm saying. Right, I just, right, yeah, no. I'm not saying he didn't or he did. Yeah. Uh, I, no. I kind of, after I heard some of the things, and I know his sister-in-law, I mean, he, you know, he messed her up pretty bad, but I also know that Leela, which is his ex-wife, doesn't believe that he did it, you know, and she was not a fan of his. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Because I know when she, when he was living with Ron Henderson, across the street from me, like, I remember her coming over there. And she was, like, throwing a fit, saying, you know, talking about, you had a rapist living across the street from you. And, um, you know, just screaming at all the neighbors or whatever. And I kind of recall having a conversation with Ron. And Ron was like, oh, he didn't do it. You know, he got convicted of something he didn't do. But I didn't know if he did or he didn't. I, you know, hadn't heard about 
the case with, you know, his sister-in-law. So I didn't know if he did it or not. But I know Leva does not believe that he did commit that murder. Mm -hmm. Well, it is a leap to go from being a rapist to be to being a murderer of an arsonist and a murderer of not just you know one person but also a child right right i I don't know i mean honestly this is just talking i don't you know i don't think that the podcast is going to come up with this grand theory that he didn't do it i just think there is compelling evidence and that's what makes this case so compelling is because you know, there's a lot of different levels to it. There is the death sentence, um, beyond a shadow of a doubt. Uh, and just that, that year, the governor was basically granting clemency to everybody that was on death row. So there was that kind of, there's that element to it. But then as we dig in and read all the different documents, it's, you know, there's a lot more to it than I think that people realize. Right, yeah, because I've read some of the stuff online, and I'm like, oh, that's interesting, I didn't know. But I didn't know Donnie that well. Now, my brother knew him on a much personal level, but my brother sadly has passed away. Oh, I'm sorry. So, you know, I mean, I know my brother had made comments, you know, just saying, wouldn't surprise me none, because he's a nut. But, you know, I mean, as far as me... I mean, I'm just kind of torn whether he did it or not. But like I said, that night when I went with him, I did get a very stirring feeling. Yeah. Like, I've heard know. that from other women. I've talked to several women that um, were followed by him or I think I talked to somebody who was assaulted by him as well. I've talked to so many people. But that thing you just described, it's very familiar. I've heard that from other women. Yeah, it was just a feeling I couldn't... Uh, yeah. I can't, you know, it's just like, you know, something, you're just, you just don't feel right. Donnie Bull had a lot of bad things against him in the past about things he had done to other that he had done to women. So um, Donnie Bull was definitely capable of it, but I still don't know that he did. But Donnie Bull was a very attractive guy. He was nice looking, and he was built. He had a real nice, you know, he was muscular and and. Um, can't have no fat on him, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. How long did you and know him for? I had known him for, I don't know, maybe a year or so. And, uh, but he hung out with my husband a lot. They partied together all the time. Mm-hmm. But I had heard bad things about him in the past. So I would not have wanted to be alone with him. You know, just because I was, the stuff I had heard about him, I, it made it scary, <laughs> What did you hear about him? Oh, just that he was, um, I don't know, I think he did some abusive, real bad things to some other women. Mm-hmm. About killed some woman one time. and So, you know what I mean? I'm just hearing things about him from his past, that he had done some horrible things to other women. You know, there was like no doubt in my mind that he wasn't capable of doing it. But I still don't know that he did it. 
I know that sounds crazy, but I still am suspicious about the guy from the bank, even though he did have definitely had it in him to do all that because of the things he had done, uh, violent things against women in the past I'd heard about. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, never think you're going to be a suspect in a murder, murder case, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it was in the papers all the time when we were going to court over that, though, so... Um, but we had to go, like I said, I mean, I don't know how long that lasted, a couple weeks where we had to go back and forth. And it was, um, like I said, my husband and I and uh, his other friend, David Nell, and then uh, a couple of the bartenders, and then um, oh, Terry Haynes, it was another guy that had dated her. So we all had to go, you know, back and forth to court. For the Donald Bull trial? Yep. I'm sorry you had to go through that and experience that loss. That must have been devastating. Well, it was. As I said, I don't think anybody ever thinks you're going to go through something like that in your life. But, um, but yeah, I mean, well, um, yeah, I mean, he's, you know, most of the time when I was around him, he was pretty decent. You know, he's pretty nice. But like I said, I wouldn't want to be alone with him. Um, he's kind of scary to me because I've heard about stuff and him harming other women before, you know, and I was like, so I tried to tell her, hey, you don't need, you need to stay away from him, and she just wouldn't listen to me. She was like, oh, come on, <laughs> but she was very attracted to him. But like I said, he was a good-looking guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I can definitely see why she was attracted to him. He's nice-looking. So did you? I mean, your discomfort with him was based on the things that you had heard about him. Not so yeah. much on his, your experience with them or your the feeling you got from him. Yeah, well, he followed me upstairs one time. My husband wasn't there and he came there and uh, he followed me upstairs and it, it, it really creeped me out. I mean, I was scared. I was, I was scared. Okay. When you go testify against someone like that, you know, it's like, I know, and and I was the only one that knew he had her apartment key, and, and if I wouldn't have told them that, they would not have known, and I told Ken McDowell, Ken McDowell. anyway, yeah, and I told him, I said, hey, because um, he was up at the Elks, and I said, I, I just remembered, I said, look, Donnie had her apartment key. Because he got her a couch and a recliner. So were the, so were the couch and the recliner, were they stolen? Yeah. Oh, okay. He stole them. Yes. Okay. Oh, well, I think everybody liked her, you know? Mm-hmm. It sounds like it. It sounds like it. Yeah. She was just very friendly and outgoing and, and uh, too trusting, very naive. I would say very naive. Yeah. Did you ever ask him if he did it? If he did it, or did you? Ever- I, I talked to the, um, the state's attorney, you know, and I told him. And oh no, we got our guy. I, you know, it's you know, to me, it's like. Um, he was like, oh, no, we got our guy. We got our man. We got our man. He's the one. 
but how do you know? Right. But like I said, I mean, I still don't know that I still can't say, even though, you know, they say, oh, yeah, they know they got their man. But I still think, how do you know, though? How do you really know? Yeah. And I, I know he had done some horrific things to women in the past. You know, I heard about he did horrible things, you know, but um and I don't doubt that he has it in him definitely, you know, but I, I still what if it wasn't him? What if it was that other guy? You know? Yeah, I do. What if what if somebody got away with murder? Yeah. Yeah. And I was always, you know, but, you know, the cap, uh, I think the cops, you know, to me, it was like they were, you know, happy, happy to have their suspect, you know, and to have, to wrap up the case, you know, right. but I still, you know, I wasn't suspicious about anybody else except that guy at the bank. <laughs> Hi, is this Dave? Yeah. Hi, Dave. It's Anne Marie. We talked a couple weeks ago. I'm from Lone Bird Media. We're doing the podcast. Yeah. How you doing today? What do you want? Well, I'm just wondering if we could talk a little bit more. You had said it would be okay if I called you back. I'd rather not do it today. Okay. Is there another time that would work better for you? I don't know. I've got. I'm getting ready to go for my deer season, so I'll be pretty occupied through the weekend. Oh, okay. Good luck with that. Yeah. Thanks. Um, okay. Well, I'll try you next week sometime. Okay. Okay. Good luck. He was born by the roadside. In a broken down carriage Came into life on the run Found on the doorstep Of a nearby orphanage No Gothic is a production of Lone Bird Media in association with CZ Studio and Radio Verite. The show is produced by August Olson, editing, directing, and producing by Corey Zimmerman, audio mastering and engineering by E. Mastered. Research is done by Anne Marie Cannon, Chelsea Mesa, and me, Jinra Illustrisimo. Spoon River Gothic is written and hosted by Corey Zimmerman. You can follow the show at czstudio.works. 
and read the blog at SpoonRiverGothic.com. Show some love by leaving us a rating or a review on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And stay tuned for the next episode as we dive deeper into the Donald Bull case. Thank you for listening. This is Spoon River Gothic, narrative of a double homicide.